Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. It don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. With me, as always, is Mike Kelly's scout polisher, Colin Anthony. What's up, Dundums? Not joining us today is uh, Brian Goers, who's come down with a severe case of SPS. It's congenital, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been to battling it his whole life, but mm-hmm. it's uh, really now that he's a married man, it's coming yeah. to focus. Yeah. So, Colin, this is it. It's time. It's football season. Yep, it is. I'm so excited. I'm just like, Saturday cannot get here soon enough. It's falls here. You know, it's the changing of a season. It's, uh, we've been talking about it for months and months. It seems like the summer's dragged on and on, and we've had show after show, but this is it. This is the real beginning of our season as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, there's a lot going on. I mean, there was the uh, announcement of the new South End Zone project that the Board of Curators at Missouri uh, finally approved. Unanimously. And, unanimously approved, and that is going to go underway. It's going to reduce the seating by about five or 6,000 people in uh, Furrow Field, but I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I think it just follows a, a trend of uh, sports stadiums in general, in all levels. I mean, if you're Alabama, you're adding seats. If you're basically everybody else, you're finding a way to whittle those down a little bit as HGTV cuts deeper and deeper into those home crowds. Well, and let's be, if we're honest with ourselves, and Mizzou has trouble filling up that goddamn stadium. Well, yeah, when you have back-to-back garbage seasons, you'll mm-hmm. have that problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, you know, the last years of the Big 12 uh, where we were really flying high and Texas coming to town and how uh, some of my coworkers had bought seats to the game and literally couldn't get to their seats because people are already sitting in them, and when they're like, "Hey, those are our seats," they're like, "We'll tell the people that are in our seats mm-hmm. to move, and we'll get in your get out of yours." And you know, the the aisles were packed Spilled with people. Over, yeah, yeah. it was like there was more people in the stadium. The stadium could literally hold. I mean, there have been those times. Uh, Mizzou certainly hasn't given us any reason to have those times of late, but it's the start of a new season. Sp- hope springs eternal. That's right. So the. Uh South End Zone will be demolished next season, and by 2019, we should have bright and shiny new luxury boxes, and uh, it's supposed to bring in $6 million a year in additional revenue. Uh, the project itself is going to cost $98 million. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> but they've raised $40 million. Sterk has in his uh, golden yeah. touch, the Good Midas Lord. touch, Yeah, for that project alone. That guy gives a hell of a hand job. I heard him on the radio today. He was mm-hmm. interviewed, you know, talking up uh, the new season and whatnot, and 
he was talking about uh, their expectations for football, and he said the coaches had been joking around that they're going to score 63 points a game. Mm-hmm. Like the coaches, I don't know if the coaches would it be happy that Jim Sterk let them, you know, let the general public in on that little tidbit of information, but it sounds like the coaches are pretty high on the offensive expectations, but uh, the defense is, like I said, as Mizzou fans for the last couple seasons know where that's going to start and end. Last The year before, defense was awesome. Offense was terrible. Last year, the offense sort of got things rolling in the right direction, at least when they weren't playing SEC opponents, and uh, the defense was terrible, just absolutely garbage, hot, hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. <laughs> That's right. It brings us to our next uh, topic, our guest for today. Mm-hmm. As it is our traditional midweek program, we have a couple of guests for you. One is our old friend Howard Richards, the Mizzou Tigers radio play-by-play color announcer, mm-hmm. joins us to talk about what he thinks this season is going to be like. Oh, that devil Howard. What did he think, Brennan? <laughs> Guess what? He likes these Tigers. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> what a shock. And since we are playing the Missouri State Bears for the first time since mm-hmm. 1923, yep. we uh, talked to Art Haynes, who is the play-by-play man for like 30 years for the Missouri State Bears. He also does uh, pre- and post-game, I think, for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that's why. I was, that's how I when I, I heard the name of Art Haynes. I'm like, I've listened to a lot of Art Haynes mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah, he was recently inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, but he took some time to talk to us about uh, what he thought this game was going to be like and got some insight from him, too. Good deal. Yeah. It's a midweek show. <laughs> it is. So, so uh, less of us, more of people who know stuff. That's right. So let's quit talking and talking bullshit. Yeah. And talk to people who know what they're doing. Yep. Everybody, everybody, let's get into it. Get stoned. Get it started. Get it started. Get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. On the phone with us now is our old friend Howard Richards, who's going to talk to us a little bit about the pending season. It's just a few days away before the Tigers start their 2017 campaign going up against Missouri State Bears. Howard, thanks for joining us again. Uh, it's best with Brendan always, but I, I do have to take issue with you calling me old. Uh, <laughs> the friendship is old, not you, Howard. I'm- even though I did just have a birthday a couple of weeks ago, yeah, you're I'm get- older. I'm, I am better. Yeah, more refined, the- more chilled, more sage. Let's just use that. We'll roll with sage. Yeah, like a fine wine. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> Howard, I know that you don't make predictions, but I have to ask you going into this season, are you optimistic about our Tigers this year coming off of a 4-8 and eight campaign last season? Here's where my optimism lies. We, we watched the team go 4-8 and eight last year. And there was a lot of bad football, a lot of bad elements to the bad football. But where I was optimistic is how this team finished winning two of three. And even in the loss to Tennessee uh, in the second of the, the last three games, they hung, what, 740, 750 yards against the Tennessee defense. You know, no one in the history of college sports has ever put that many yards up against the University of Tennessee. So that said, it just really talks about how uh, how potent um, this Missouri offense can actually be. And this is an offense that will be improved over last year. How much? Don't know. But I know that the receivers are going to be better this year. There were some challenges. There were a lot of drop footballs that probably amounted to the equivalent of two games uh, that Missouri let get away from them. And, you know, I think if they'd caught probably 50 to 60% of those balls, then Missouri would have been in a bowl game last year. But that's the way it is. But, but that is the reason that I'm optimistic. You talked about the offense uh, being so strong last year, and people in the offseason talked about how they're returning 10 and 11 starters. 
my optimism too is it sounds to me even though there's 10 returning starters, some of those guys might be replaced by freshmen this year because of the competition is so strong, particularly at the offensive line. I think they could be good, not just because they're uh, more experienced, but also they have an influx of new talent that could produce right away. That's very true. And I think if you look at the history of successful teams, you know, whether at the collegiate level, or whether at the professional level, there's always been a, a, a unique blend of youth and experience. So you're not playing with all young guys, rookies, and you're not playing with, you know, much of old farts either. There's always been that, that good mix of, of experience versus inexperience or less experience. I think that, you know, you've got those young guys that haven't played a lot, but they just... That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So talented, and there are areas where they can actually make contributions that can be beneficial to your team. Looking at the defense, because obviously that was you know a real disappointment last year on how poorly they played. Barry Odom is returning to the 4-3 system that he converted to late in the uh, 2016 season. The guys are preparing for that right out of the gate and not having to change mid-course. What are your expectations for this defense? Where do you think they have strengths? Uh, where do you think their weaknesses are? And particularly, I wanted to know about uh, Terry Beckner Jr., who is poised to shine should he stay healthy this year. You know, we didn't really get to see him in the 4-3 system last year. He got injured before they switched from the 3-4. So w what are your thoughts on this defense, pluses and minuses? I think the, the – let's just talk about the, the personnel aspect of it first. You know, Beckner Jr. is a natural leader. He has stepped up his leadership skills, if you will, not necessarily from a vocal standpoint, but, you know, showing that he's – able to fight back from two significant injuries and be poised at the beginning of the season to pick up where he left off the last year. And I, I think that's it's a tribute to his character and how he is prepared. You know, they're saying really good things about him. He hasn't really been limited so for the most part in what he's done. So having a strong Terry Beckner Jr. is key for the Tigers, especially if they end up playing more in a 4-3 system especially from the standpoint of run-stopping ability, he gets off blocks so quickly, and he, he's so explosive. So he's going to, you know he's going to be a cop, whether, whether stopping the run or you know, rushing the passer. We, we think the ends are going to be strong even without uh, a guy like Nate Howard, but there's some talent there. But, you know, some of the junior college transfers that have come in and will play and the return of Logan and 
I mean, hopefully a healthy Markel Utsi up front, uh, along with a, if we get a full season of Terry Beckman Jr., uh, that it's going to make a, defense, a difference on this defense. Looking at the schedule for this season, what games do you think are the key games that could define a season? I look at last year's Georgia game where, you know, should we win that game gives us a real upset, extra SEC win, really could change the course of the season. What games do you think this season could be pivotal like that? I mean, obviously you want to win them all, but what games do you think could you know define the season in 2017? Well, starting off with the South Carolina game, that's like one of those games, and you know, people kind of look at me sideways when I say this, but that's a game Missouri could have won on the road last year as well, too. They have got to jump out fast against South Carolina. It's your second game of the season, your first division game in the SEC. That's the game you have to win if you expect to challenge. You've got to beat your division opponents. You want to win a championship, it's got to start within your own division. So that first game, of course, is, is key. And assuming you beat Missouri State, you beat South Carolina, and now you're 2-0. and You've got a, a Purdue team that comes into Columbia with a lot of unknowns, but it, it'll be a challenge for Missouri. You know, really the first month of the season, Brendan, is what I feel to be the most critical point of the season. Imperatively, this team starts off very quickly. You know, if you walk away with a 3-1 and one finish for the month of September, especially with four straight home games, then I think you should probably feel pretty good about where you've started in the season. Obviously, if you're lucky enough to win four straight, people are going to start talking about this Missouri football team as a team that's someone that we've got to look at for the remaining two-thirds of the season. 2-2 two and two isn't bad, but 2-2 two and two doesn't really tell you a whole lot about where they are. But if you can get, get at least three wins in the first month of the season, then people could be optimistic about the possibilities of season the rest of the way. You've seen a lot more of this uh, team at camp than we have. Tell me, who do you see out there on the field that is really going to surprise people that uh, maybe isn't getting talked about as much, or maybe somebody that's young that people aren't expecting things from right away this season? Who Do you have any predictions about uh, a player that's really going to could have a uh, breakout season this year? There's a freshman running back named Roundtree from Raleigh, North Carolina, that has really been impressive, and uh, I think he's going to mix. Don't know how early, but ultra-talented kid, extremely quick. You know, if he's in the mix, then you know I think the Tigers have found yet another gem to, to back up Ishwitter and Demarie Crockett. Ironically, though, the group that I think will be very unheralded but be very productive is the group of tight ends. I think this group is collectively the best set of tight ends probably in the history of Missouri football is there and, and the, the talent level, the physical talent. If people don't pay attention to Missouri tight ends, they will get hurt this year. That, that's my opinion. That's what I've seen, and that's what I think that they are capable of doing. Defensively, still question marks. But um, there's talk that there's a, a kid from the Detroit area named Jordan Homer who could come in and, and start over all the other safeties that they have on the roster. He's that talented. He's, he's a tall kid, like 6'2", but has exhibited a lot of range and, and you know, football moxie. So he can, if, if he doesn't start, he certainly will get a lot of playing time and, and should be a productive player for this team uh, on defense. Howard Richards, thanks for joining us again this year. It's going to be an exciting season. I think the Tigers are poised to uh, surprise some people in the SEC if everything falls into place. And we appreciate you coming on. And uh, maybe throughout the year, as uh, things develop, we can come back and uh, give us your thoughts. Hey, I'll join you guys at any time. So uh, just let me know. All right. Thanks, Howard. Appreciate it. Thank you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the 
bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. With the show now is the voice of the Missouri State Bears and uh, Missouri Sports Hall of Fame inductee recently, Art Haynes. Art, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. The question I have for you, I guess, right out of the gate about this game is a little prelude. Missouri has taken some heat from the SEC media after teams like Alabama play Florida State and Georgia play Notre Dame, and they've been giving us grief about this Missouri State game. But give me a reason why this is a game that should be intriguing for people to watch and why it is something that maybe Missouri fans ought not to look past in week one. Well, on a couple of levels, one, uh, Mizzou has played FCS teams for a number of years, so why not one here in the state as opposed to, say, Illinois State or Murray State or South Dakota State? But the stack angle is what I think really makes this intriguing. Obviously, 14 years on the staff at Mizzou, and now coming back, he said he's never been in the visiting locker room before, so that'll be a first. Uh, it's his third year at the helm here. This has, no question, been a struggling program for 25 years. But it showed marked improvement from Steck's first year to the second. And I think this team is going to be incrementally better year three. Now, how many more games they're going to win, I don't know. And how equipped they are to play this particular game, we're going to find out on Saturday. But Missouri State annually plays an FBS opponent. It's a money thing. Uh, they, they need that in the line item for guarantee games. Last year, it was K-State. Uh, have played Arkansas, Oklahoma State, uh, Iowa, KU uh, in the past. And uh, so this year, it's MU. And I, I think it's, it, it's intriguing for a number of things. But uh, two in-state teams playing each other and uh, the old coach coming home for this one. Missouri, outside of football, the University of Missouri has had struggles the last couple of years. And down there in Springfield, uh, enrollment continues to grow, and it's sort of an ascendant school, uh, at least from from our vision. What does it mean for this football team, this Missouri State football team, to play Mizzou and have the opportunity to be on the same field here in Columbia? I know they've had success in baseball and things like that, but but on the football field, what do you think it means for these players, or or is it just another game? I mean, a lot of the players are from out of state. A lot aren't. I mean, it's it's a pretty good mix. Uh, understand that in this sport, Missouri State is not at the same level. They are FCS. Mizzou is not only FBS, but they're Power Five schools. So it's not really apples and apples in football. But yet, uh, there is some pride involved. I think they want to make a good showing and uh, prove the competitiveness of the program, uh, I think it means more to the community and to the current students and the alumni probably than it does to the players in terms of, of playing Mizzou for the first time since 1923. I mean, heck, I grew up in Marshall, uh, 58 miles away, and I was a Mizzou fan as a kid. I, I didn't miss a home game for 11 years back when I was uh, growing up. Uh, so I've never been in the press box. <laughs> probably been to 70 games at Furrow Field. So it, on a lot of levels, it's, uh, it's it means a lot to, to people down here. The press box has seen some upgrades since that time. I'll, I'll assure you of that. So you're in better shape. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, what about uh, Dave Steckel? I mean, he left Missouri as a very beloved uh, defensive coach, and he's coming up here, and I think a lot of Mizzou fans have mixed emotions. They want to see their Tiger team pour on points and show that they're going to be something to deal with this year. But at the same time, I don't think anybody wants to see Dave Steckel embarrassed, and so in that regard, they'd like to see a good game. How is Dave Steckel regarded down at Springfield, and have you talked to him about what it means to come back to Missouri as well? 
he has downplayed that. I mean, I, I tried to get him to talk about it a little bit last year, and uh, like a lot of coaches, his focus is always on the next game. Well, now it's the next game, mm-hmm. and it has been since the end of last season. He, he does admit that it's probably going to be a little bit emotional and surreal almost to go in there coaching the opposition, uh, but he really has downplayed that aspect of it. As far as his persona in the community, uh, probably like no coach we've ever had. I mean, Charlie Spoonauer was a legendary, popular, kind of folksy basketball coach. You know, Steve Alford was much different when he was the basketball coach. Uh, Stick, uh, well, I mean, for that's one thing. He, he does not want to ever be called Dave. He doesn't want to be called Coach. It is Stick. And um, uh, he, he kind of has a lone wolf persona a little bit. He's very resolute. Uh, steadfast, uh, he, he works his plan, he believes in his plan, and he, he understands the results of the first two years have not been acceptable to him or anybody else, but uh, he, he did inherit a program that was not in good shape, and they've tried to build this fundamentally mostly with uh, four or five-year players. Now, one thing that he has varied on just a bit uh, here this year are transfers. He initially insisted that, nope, we're not going to take transfers. But now uh, he has, and that is not atypical of FCS programs. I mean, a lot of very good programs at this level where Missouri State is take guys, and you got to take the right guys. I mean, there's a reason somebody transfers. You don't want it to be that they got kicked out of school or got in some kind of trouble off the field. Mm-hmm. But maybe they just weren't good enough to beat out a player at a Power 5 school and uh, have an opportunity to play at a lower level. For example, there's a quarterback from Rice, JT Granado, that just transferred week before last to Missouri State. He'll be the backup quarterback, probably. Uh, we've got a JUCO transfer starting quarterback, who led his junior college team to the national championship last year at Garden City. And he appears to be a significant upgrade at that position. So there have been some, a few transfers sprinkled in, and that is one area that Steck uh, has varied from the original plan. I think now that he's kind of gotten on the ground and into this and, and seen what it takes to succeed at this level. Tell us a little bit about this team, what its strengths are, and I guess what your expectations are for Missouri State in 2017 if you continue, expect to see continued momentum and improvement in Steck's third year. I do. Uh, you know, the, and, and everybody works their guys in the weight room during the off season, and they get bigger, stronger, faster, hopefully, and that has certainly been the case visibly with these players. I think the offensive line is a good reason for optimism in that in the past couple of years, there have been some injuries, there have been some intended red shirts, but now the end result is you've got a lot of uh, fourth-year juniors and third-year sophomores that have played and are a little bit more experienced. I think the play at the quarterback position and understand Peyton Houston like had taken a snap at uh, the really collegiate level. It's going to do the first on Saturday, but I think that's going to be a big upgrade over what we've had in the past. Uh, have some running backs returning, some wide receivers returning. I think the tight end position is going to be really deep. Uh, there's a transfer from Oklahoma State, a transfer from Iowa State. They'll both be playing behind the incumbent starter, who's a senior and, and second team all Missouri Valley Conference last year. So there's some good pieces on offense and defensively and there was room for improvement but the Bears returned 10 of 11 starters now the one they lost is 
playing in the NFL right now, Dylan Cole, mm-hmm. undrafted free agent from here in this area, and he's just become a cult figure in Houston, apparently, with the Texans. <laughs> and he was a leader on that defense, so that is a big hole. But uh, the point is, here in year three, a lot of experience now. This is the third year in the program for a good many of these players. And I think as they get more comfortable with the system and the coaches with them, the result will be better on Saturdays. But again, how much that's going to be evident this Saturday remains to be seen. So tell us, uh, you mentioned growing up in Marshall, not far from Columbia, going to football games. When was the last time you were in Faroe Field for a football game, would you say? Boy, I it, I, I saw that waterlogged Thursday night Nebraska game when Adamican Sioux was playing. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a disaster on a lot <laughs> of levels. Mizzou was ahead going to the fourth quarter and gave up a bunch of points. Uh, saw a game with Ole Miss maybe six or seven years ago. Um so, I mean, it's it's probably been that Nebraska game, the last one I've been there, just simply because usually we're playing when they play. Sure. But, but this will be an opportunity to kind of uh, get in there and see both teams. Well, Art Haynes, voice of the Missouri State Bears, thank you so much for joining us for a few minutes. Tell us about this Missouri State team and uh, the return of Dave Steckel. We're all looking forward to it, and I hope you have a great trip to Columbia on Saturday. Thank you. Looking forward to it, and my pleasure. We've got a big sink hole. And they shut down the think hole. Hashtag Springfield Pride has never ever trended. This is not boosterism. Warm up the horse. But when you think of the things we lack, instead of the stuff we've got, why Springfield? Why not? We've only had a we haven't had a circus fire in months. Springfield, why not? Ooh, we're just off the interstate. Ah, the second bright off exit. He didn't blow his line. Sarah, let's have another. You may find our culture lacking. We finally outlawed our state wagon. Sure, our cops are easily bought, and our dentists are all self-taught. But hooray for Springfield, give two cheers, smallpox free for seven years. Why Springfield, why not? So there you have it, Colin. I thought that was kind of interesting, especially when uh, Howard was talking about some of the young talent that might get on the field. This week, uh, the depth chart came out, and uh, it looked like there could be four to five freshmen who start this week against Missouri State, and there's a lot of them biting at the heels of other starters that could uh, see significant playing time this year. I don't know if that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, four of them are on the defense, and frankly, the defense we saw last year. Sure, couldn't get any worse. Yeah, and then um, I'm really interested in Roundtree. I mean, he was listed number three on the depth chart. But everybody's talking high about what a running back he could be, Mm -hmm. a true freshman. Who knows? It's great to have a deep, stable running back. Yeah, I'm just – who's going to be the the pressure on the opposite side of Marcel Frazier? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is Terry Beckner going to be a force in the middle? Will he stay healthy? You know, all of my real trepidation about this team is defensive. Oh, yeah. uh, And I I would – it's going to be nice to see them play an opponent like Missouri State who, you know – 
doesn't have much of a chance to win. They shouldn't anyway, you know, but it should be a bloodletting. It should be the Bears take their ass pounding for a paycheck and uh, roll on with their season. From what I've heard, though, uh, Coach Steck has things moving in the right direction at Missouri State. Well, that was what I was going to ask you, Colin. I have no love for Missouri State. I think they're a bunch of douchebags from down in Douchebag Springfield. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that regard, I'd like to see them get their asses handed to them, embarrassed, and look like look like total hot garbage. Mm-hmm. Hot but at the same time, I do love me some Steck, and I don't want to mm-hmm. see him embarrassed. So, uh, I mean... I have no real animosity towards Missouri State. I mean, they're a Missouri school. <laughs> All right, sir. I mean, I, I've been to Springfield many times, and uh, I don't necessarily have any love for that community necessarily. You know, I have nothing against Missouri State, personally, mm-hmm. and I, you know, they're, I maybe I'd have more against them if they were a true in-state rival. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you've got Kansas, Kansas State, you know, Colorado, Colorado State. You have these Michigan, Michigan State. You have have states where the two state schools are Real. kind of on par with one another. Uh, that is not the case in Missouri. But I personally, I'd love it to be. I would love Steck to build that program into something competitive and, and have that in-state rival. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pulling for them to a certain extent. Now, well, they're FCS garbage, and they always will. Be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. <laughs> yeah, all right. And honestly, I hate them so much. I kind of. Don't like giving them a big fat payday. I'd rather send it somewhere else so that it isn't full of a bunch of. Wow, I don't. Where fucking, is this vitriol from Missouri State? I never from? liked Springfield. I never liked their school. I never liked their colors. I think they're they're bush league and they think they're big time. They and they well, I think part of it what it is well, is for our uh, Springfield listeners. Sorry <laughs> about Brendan. <laughs> well, fuck Springfield, but um, the thing is, like, they, Mizzou has. Taking a couple on the chin the last couple of years, and they're like, "Look at us, our enrollment's up. We're the real state school." And I'm like, "Well, fuck you guys. No, you're not. You never have been. You're <laughs> down there in the southwest corner. Mm-hmm. You're Oklahoma, Arkansas, the cousin fucking part of the state. Yeah, and that's all you are. So you know, wow. watch you some wow. Soshi Tabushi and eat some. That's Branson goat curd. Close enough. They're right next to each other. <laughs> fuck them." Anyway. I do know this. If you like Chinese restaurants and mega churches, it, Springfield is a place to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bad Chinese food. <laughs> Bass Pro Shop is there as well. Mm-hmm. As if those aren't everywhere now. <laughs> so what a claim to fame. Yeah. I love when I see the High Facebook culture. Pro, <laughs> the Facebook Pro so people taking their, oh, we went out to Springfield, hit the Bass Pro Shop. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Slow down. Party weekend. Yeah. Carnival. Where else am I going to get a fucking fishing lure? Yeah. It's certainly not in Columbia. They're Bass Pro. <laughs> yeah, so I have no love for them. I mean, in that regard, if, yeah. if you hadn't caught on to that, Colin. Yeah, so you hate everything about them. They're FCS garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The only thing I like backwater, is stack. Backwater butt-fucking morons. Is mm-hmm. you're, I mean, they're borderline. You're treating them like they're Kansas. No, they're not Kansas. I, I'm not going to go that say, far. I'm, here's, I'm what, okay. here's what they are. There's Mizzou at the top of the heap, uh-huh. and then a distant, distant second is Missouri State, mm-hmm. Southwest Missouri State, whatever you want to call them. And oh, it's Missouri State now, Brandon. Yeah, I know. I saw the signs. But the thing is, they think they're like biting at our heels. They are not. They're garbage. I didn't know that. Yeah. Put it this way. They're so not biting our heels, I didn't even know that was something that they thought they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, I try not to get uh, south of 44. <laughs> well, that's not honestly a bad policy. <laughs> you know, that that, that uh, Arkansas-Missouri border starts to get pretty yeah, gray, muddy, yeah. mingly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you can start to hear the banjos in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, Colin, we got a game to watch. 
We got to do a show this weekend. We're going to talk real life football. Well, I hope Missouri State fans and hunting for information about this upcoming game mm. find this podcast because yeah. they're really going to enjoy it. Well, if they let's be honest, if they listen to the show, they're not going to stick around to the end here. Let's, let's hope Art Hain doesn't have much of an ego and doesn't need to hear himself <laughs> talk and listen to the podcast. And listen I to liked Art Haynes. He was a reasonable oh, guy. I love the guy. I mean, like I said, I've been listening to him for years in the, the post game, you mm-hmm. know, especially when you go to the Chiefs game. You mm-hmm. know, what do you do when you get in the car on the drive home? You turn on Art Hain, you head home, and you listen to either people bellyache about how awful the game was or sing everybody's praises about how great it was. But Art Hain is the guy. Art Haynes. Haynes. Incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's the guy, uh, you know, directing that and, and guiding the traffic. And, and I, I I love him. I love yeah. him. He's, he's sort of, I almost have a nostalgia for him. Mm-hmm. I've grown up with him. Yeah. He's got a good voice. Uh, I feel bad for him. He's got to cover that team. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that'll do it. Colin, are you excited for any of the other SEC matchups? We've got the Alabama. Alabama. Florida State. Florida State. Florida's got to go buttheads with Michigan. Yeah. We don't we have Georgia Notre Dame. Is that coming up this weekend? Oh, fuck if I know. But sure. A lot of good matchups. Prep. I'm ready. Yeah. I mean, like, Brendan, I don't need to prep. All I'm going to do is wake up Saturday morning, mm-hmm. pour a metric ton of Frosted Flakes in a bowl full of milk, mm-hmm. and just sit on the couch and eat and get fat and watch football. And then I'm going to, when I finish that giant bowl of Frosted Flakes, I'm going to go to the fridge. I'm going to get out the canned cheese. I'm mm-hmm. going to dump it in a pot. I'm going to heat that shit up. Sure. I'm going to get out the chips. I'm going to get out the jalapenos. And I'm going to eat that. As one does. watch more football. Mm-hmm. And that's, you're talking about, it's only 1130 at this point. Right. Yeah. You midway know, through the first half, half an hour break. Mm-hmm. Fire up the grill and at commercial breaks, you go turn the ribs and what have you. And then you blast through that. And- have you ever considered using like a, going to pizza, getting pizza? Using the pizza as a plate for your ribs. How else do people eat ribs? <laughs> I don't know. Is I that didn't, a, I didn't not, know. not a thing? Yeah. That's how I do it. I just, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's pretty much People little, in Springfield probably don't do it that way. No, that's right. I, I mean, that's pretty much exactly my plan, except I'm going to get fatter. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to get fat. You'll get fatter. Correct. I gotcha. Yeah, that's exactly right. Clear, clarify. <laughs> so anyway, I don't think we have anything else to add. No, I can certainly think we need to stop talking about Springfield for this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you, if you have any love for that city, yeah. you might be mad. Yeah, like I said, I don't know. I'm I'm afraid somebody from that city might have to, I have to go to a job interview with them or something at some <laughs> point in my life or just travel there again. Good Lord. Yeah. No, if you don't sell guns, I'm going to have to, you know, to, or if you're not a preacher, there's no yeah, jobs for you. I'm going to have to get the razor blade out and scrape the Mazadcast sticker off the back of my car if I go to Springfield just so I don't get lynched. Yeah, well, they do that there. Um, <laughs> Good job. Uh, all right. Colin, on behalf of Brian Goers, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Well, they're FCS garbage, and they always will be. <laughs>